Hello, everybody, and welcome to Semi-Relatable Content, the podcast with no rules, no boundaries, and no judgment. No matter where or how you're listening, I hope you're all ready to have a good time. I'm your host, Tyler French, and I say it's about time to get this party started in 3, 2, 1. Welcome back to another episode of Semi-Relatable Content. Once again, I am your host, Tyler French. Wanted to give a quick shout-out. That intro music that y'all just heard was created by my good friend, Miguel Gavilan, who actually used to be my show band director back in high school four or five years ago. Wow, that was so long ago. Anyway, he's a music producer. He's living his dream out in L.A., and that soundbite is just a small taste of what he's capable of. This guy is a musician, a songwriter, an arranger, and just so much more. This guy is so talented, on top of just being an all-around amazing person. And if you want to see what he's up to, you can follow him on his Instagram, at Miguel J. Gavilan. That is M-I-G-U-E-L-J-G-A-V-I-L-A-N. Just wanted to give a quick shout-out, man. Thank you so much for, for creating that for me. That was really dope, and I can't wait to see where your career takes you. All right, so before we get into this episode... Wanted to remind you all of the two truths and a lie that I ended last episode with, and let's see how many of you got it right. So to do a quick flashback, uh, the three options were, number one, I was a fan of two other football teams before the Redskins. Number two, I've never had to take swimming lessons in my life. And number three, I was almost drowned by a friend at a campground lake. And the lie was number two. I have had to take swimming lessons before, and honestly, they were horrible. I'm surprised that I love the water as much as I do and want to base my life off of uh, being around water, because all I can remember from my first swimming lessons was being at American Family Fitness, and I I don't know how old it was, maybe uh, anywhere from the four to six-year-old range, maybe. And all I remember is my swimming instructor kept trying to get me in the pool, and I was so terrified. I did not want to go. And she wanted me to go under the water, not just doggy paddle on the surface. I was terrified. I did not want to go underwater whatsoever. And she said, you're getting in the water, grabbed my hand, yanked me, and essentially... this Wow, this sounds really bad. Essentially forced me under the water to get me to take that first step. And it was really scary at first, by the end of, but by the end of the lesson, I was so excited and ran up to my mom and said, look what I can do, and then proceeded to shove my own face under the water to blow bubbles and show my mom what I learned that day. So that was the lie for those of you that got it right. A uh, little bit of backstory on the other two. I was a fan of two other football teams before the Redskins. I grew up childhood as a Steelers fan. I actually had a Ben Roethlisberger jersey for a couple years. I'm not sure what happened to it. I think I just ended up losing it or whatever. And then this is going to get me a lot of hate, (laughs) but technically 
for one year I was a Dallas Cowboys fan, but that is only because that was in third grade and my teacher was a hardcore Cowboys fan. And she said that for every game they won during the regular season and during the school year, the next night we would not have any homework. And so I guess, I guess you wouldn't really call it a f- being a fan of the team. I just rooted for them and wanted them to win. But, and the Redskins, I became a fan simply out of peer pressure the very next year, actually in fourth grade, most of my friends at the time were Redskins fans. And I was like, well, I want to fit in. I want to be like everyone else. So I became a Redskins fan and that's how I've, grown to to love them as a team and i've been a fan ever since and it does help that they're the closest uh in relation to where i live currently in in virginia so that helps out and then option number three i was indeed almost drowned by a friend at a campground lake so this was years ago probably back in middle school but my family and i used to own a permanent site uh at a campsite uh or at a campground in Urbana, Virginia, I think. I can't remember the name of the place. But it was called Beth Page. And I had made some friends there over the years, um, just from various other campsites and all that. And they have this giant lake with uh, like a dock that leads out to a gazebo and then a, uh, a water trampoline right in the middle. And me and my friend were horsing around in the water just as people do. And... We were kind of like, I guess you would say playing leapfrog in the water, where basically you just like jumped on the other person's shoulders and jumped over them, and that was the end of it. Well, my friend pushed down on my shoulders, which of course made me go underwater, but he didn't get over me, and instead of just letting go or whatever, he kept trying and essentially keeping me under the water, and I I felt in my mind like I was under there for you know, hours, like, it felt, like, forever, and when I finally came up, I was gasping for air, and I was just like, what the heck, man, he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know, but anyway, that's the story of how I almost drowned at a campground lake, so that's, that's a great start to this episode, we're, we're doing good here, all right, so, getting into the thick of things for this episode, there's a couple things I want to talk about, uh, tonight, um, I don't want to say it's mostly serious, but, um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of personal experiences in this one, and I, I just hope, again, uh, per the name of this podcast, most of you can at least semi relate to this. So, starting into it, um, this whole episode actually was inspired um, a couple weeks ago. Actually, I was driving, I think I was driving home from work, and I saw a bunch of people in front of me on the road, just either slamming their brakes or swerving around. And I was like, what is going on? And as I got closer, I realized that there was a student driver, uh, a new person learning how to drive on the road. And of course, you know, very nervous, very, very scared, going probably five miles at least under the speed limit. And, you know, just being safe and being cautious as most new drivers are and should and as most drivers should be. But... You know, these people were, were honking, and, and I saw some gestures, too, as people drove by, and it, it just, it got me thinking, like, you were in, most people were in that position at one point or another. Like, everyone, at least in my experience, or at least, I guess for Virginia, I don't know how it is across the 
country or even the world, but like you have to go through a driver's education course and then take a driving test to, you know, determine if you're, I guess, competent, for a lack of a better term, enough to be able to operate a, a motor vehicle by yourself. And it's, it's a scary thing. I remember when I was first learning, my dad took me on my first ever outing. And of course, he, he was the funny guy. He had the jokes with his motorcycle helmet on. And he was like, oh, I'm fully prepared. And uh, it was it was intimidating. Now, in my defense, my dad tried to teach me everything all at once. And I ended up running up on the curb uh, in a parking lot. And so he decided to hand the reins over to my mother, who uh, from then on out taught me how to drive and, and finish teaching me and, and going through all my stuff with me and that. But I think because of that, I've always just had this mindset of like, you were there once. So try to remember how you felt when you were in that position and try to apply that to when you see other people in that position, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So, and that can, that can apply to, to a bunch of things too. Even like at a job, say you're, you're starting a new job and you're a little nervous, a little anxious maybe because you don't really quite know what's going on and, and, you know, customers might be getting annoyed or, uh, or coworkers might be getting annoyed or whatever because you're either too slow or you're not getting it right away or this or that or that, whatever. And it, it's not a good feeling. You, you know, at the, in the moment, you kind of feel like, oh, well, everyone's getting mad at me, but I'm new, so of course I'm not going to know all this stuff right away. But then when you become seasoned at that and you are no longer the new person and then new people come in or you go to another establishment and you are being checked out by a new cashier or being waited on by a new server, like just just try to be patient. Try to try to understand that they're new. Maybe this is their first time doing this particular job. And just because that someone is new at something does not mean that you're going to have a bad experience or that you are not going to get the the usual awesome treatment that you expect to get because that's not that's not always going to be the case some people are like that though some people can just jump right in and excel from the get-go i am not one of those people i have no problem whenever i start a new job and something goes wrong playing the new person card the newbie card like i'm so sorry this is my first day this is my first week i kind of i feel like once you hit the the first week mark you that that's that's your limit you got to stop using that excuse from now on because from after that people aren't gonna people aren't gonna accept that it's like oh, okay well you've been here for a few weeks now you kind of learned the ropes and okay but again it just goes back to like you were most likely in that position once in some way shape form of another so just when you encounter someone that's like that just try to try to be patient and try to think of it from their perspective and just think about how they might be feeling. And honestly, if you're one of those people where, you know, someone's new and you think it's okay to berate them or, or you know, be like, oh, well, I can be mean to them because they're new and they don't know what they're doing. Like, that's not, that's not okay. That's not the right mindset that you should have in any sense. That's just how I feel. That's may maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's other people out there that have different pers perspectives on it. And if you do, by all means, you know I am more than willing to talk about anything and get other people's perspectives because that's the 
the beauty of communication and, and things like this, like podcasts and, and talk shows and things like that, is getting everyone's perspectives on things and getting a general um, understanding of both sides. But that's just me. Um, let's see. Another thing that I wanted to talk about was... I'm going to kind of take a break from this from the serious moment. I'll give you all a little <laughs> break from that. Um, this one, I know for a fact, two people, if they're listening or not, but in my life, are not going to like at all. That is my mother, that is my grandmother. But this next bit that I wanted to talk about is about permanent artwork on your body, otherwise known as tattoos. And growing up, I never wanted tattoos. I do not like needles in the slightest. I don't like pain. And that's, you know, the bare essence of tattoos is is needles and pain. Um, But as I've gotten older and just experienced different things, like I've been thinking, you know, maybe maybe getting one or two might might not be that bad. And I am now starting to be surrounded by by friends and and so that do have tattoos one of my roommates he's got six i believe and it's so cool how you can get almost literally anything you could ever dream of there is an artist out there that can put that on your skin however you want it and it'll last hopefully forever like i think that's the coolest thing ever because there's really no limit to what you can do with tattoos and honestly, one of the the things that really got me into them too, and, and actually wanting one to a couple, was um, this show called Ink Master. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically a competition show where a bunch of tattoo artists uh, go on and they compete for a cash prize at the very end, um, and basically just like worldwide fame. Like everyone knows who you are now. And it's so cool because they get put through all these challenges and they have to you know, tattoo the most insane requests from, uh, the people who are called canvases on the show, because you're there essentially like an artist, like a painter's canvas. Like it's like a blank slate and the tattoo artist has to put whatever they want on their body in a certain amount of time. And I I think that's awesome. You know, sometimes if it doesn't work out, it's like, well, you know, you're stuck with this forever now, but it's a really cool concept. And that's, that's what, um, helped get me into that too. But there is also still, that and, and I think it's getting better. I think it is, but there is still that negative stigma around tattoos. Um, I think people of not to this this might be a little biased and probably inaccurate, but I, I think the older generations still don't really like the whole ideas of tattoos. And I know that there's some people where you know you could meet the nicest person in the world. They could be incredibly smart, incredibly talented, incredibly funny, you know, this accolade, that accolade, whatever. But as soon as someone sees that they have a a tattoo, regardless of what it is, it could be as simple as just a flower on their wrist or whatever. Some people will automatically judge that person and be like, well, you are this and this and this negatively because you chose to put permanent ink on your body. And I might be wrong on this, but I think there is some religious aspect of tattoos as well about like altering your body like that i'm not entirely sure 
I, I probably should have done my research on that before talking about this, but that's why I'm not going to go into that part because I didn't do my research and I don't want to, you know, step on anyone's toes or, or, or say something that's not uh, accurate. But I just don't understand. I mean, I guess some stereotypical stigma around tattoos I would understand, like excessive amounts you know depending on on your occupation or just whatever you want to do or like um i guess the nature of the tattoos like what exactly they are because i guess you know i guess a good example would be you know a a kindergarten teacher for say that's that's around little kids that has a bunch of tattoos of like satan and you know uh you know naked girls and all this just out on display like that's obviously not okay but you know, if you're someone that your tattoos are, you know, appropriate, or is say you just have um, tattoos on your arms that are of, you know, like an ocean or flowers or or any, you know, anything really. Just I I don't think it's that it's that big of a deal if you have them. It, it's really not, and especially if they have meaning. That's another thing. Where, and this is where I, I don't understand some people, if I, like, if I were to get tattoos, I would want them to have like a deep meaning on them. And I know a lot of people will only get tattoos if they have meaning, but I also know that a lot of people just get a certain design or a tattoo because they just think it's cool and they just want whatever. And that's totally fine. Like I'm not judging anyone on it. I'm just personally, I would only get tattoos if they had a, a connection to something, if they had a meaning behind it. And I think that's another thing that's really cool and really special is that you can put things on your body that will last a lifetime that will help remind you of the good, the bad, whatever it is. And I know people that have, you know, portraits of their family member or uh, paw prints of a pet or a saying that's dear to their heart or, you know, whatever the case may be. And they always have that constant reminder of, you know, whatever they're going through, they can look at that tattoo and and think that, you know, realize that everything will be okay. Um, I, I, can, I can bet my mom is probably shaking her head this whole episode. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> but, um, no, I've just, I've really grown to, to start liking tattoos more and more and and I, I, I have an idea of a couple. The only problem is saving up for them because tattoos are expensive. Unless you have the hookup. You you have to have the hookup nowadays if you want a good sized and good quality tattoo. Unless you just have a lot of money. Which is not something that I have right now. I could probably afford comfortably maybe like a $20 tattoo which is a square. I'll get a square on, you know my arm and this represents the four corners of that i don't know anyway sorry mom i'll move on now um what else did i want to get into so this is where i'm going to get kind of back into the serious things and this is where it's hopefully a lot of people can relate to this and i hope that i just dropped my phone on my foot that really hurt um I hope that people can relate to this and hopefully this can help someone because I know that it has been helping me a lot and I'm trying to um, adopt this mindset as well into my own. But 
the and obviously I'm going to go into it, but the gist of this next segment is do I know it's hard for a lot of people and I know it's hard in general, but as much as you can, my advice is don't let other people get in your head. And this can accompany a wide variety of topics and ideas and things like that. This is not specified towards one idea. So don't let others get in your head. Basically, just because I'm so personally, I'm one of those people where if I have something going on or whatever, I like to talk about it, you know, regardless of what it is. And, I, and I'm a pretty open book. Like I'll, 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 I'll talk to most anyway if i if i think that i can trust you with whatever information that i'm sharing then i have no problem sharing it um i'm an open book like i said i love to to share stories and and get other people's opinions and feedback but that can start to become a negative thing when you start to let other people influence your thoughts in ways that they want you to feel and not how you want to feel and like I said, this can be as deep as you want it to be or literally not as deep at all. And I guess examples of this would like, don't let others get in your head from a non-deep um, perspective. Say you're playing a basketball game and, you know, the other fans are like, you know, boo, you suck. You missed that last shot. You're terrible. Like, you know. Block them out, prove them wrong, drain a three. There you go. Did I did I mention basketball? Any sport. That can be applied to any sport. Soccer, football, lacrosse, hockey, whatever. Um, or it can get as deep as you want it and, um, you know, say that, you know, you're in a situation where you are starting to lose control of it because of other people's opinions. When you start to become rel too reliant on what other people think, at least in my mind personally, because this has happened to me personally, that's when things start to go downhill. Once you start getting influenced by others and you start to worry about, well, what will this person think? Or if I do this, will this affect this person? you know, their opinion of me, their thoughts of me. And honestly, if it, if it does, then those people don't matter. In my opinion, like you should only be surrounded by people who genuinely want the best for you and will support you. You know, yes, no matter what, but also in your best interests. And it can, it can get really overwhelming. Again, that's kind of a downside to me liking to share with people is that it can get overwhelming with people's responses and everyone giving, chiming in, giving their own two cents. And you I, you start to, to lose track of everything and you start to lose focus on what you actually want because it's hard to block out every single person's opinion because whatever decision you make, you, th you start to think, well, this would make this person happy, but then this person would be unhappy. But then this person would definitely want to do this, but now, ooh, I don't know, I might have upset this person. And it, it's a constant back and forth battle, and that's just a lot of internal turmoil that is not healthy, and it can bring you down to places that you may not have ever thought you'd go.
And I guess I'm kind of going against my own self here in this, because like I just said, I'm an open book, and I, as if I feel I can trust you with the information that I'm sharing, then I don't mind sharing it. But I also advise, and I'm trying to work on this with myself too, is keep as much to yourself as you think you can without it being detrimental as well, if that makes sense. So if there's information that is not really necessary or relevant or it's kind of just filler information, you, you might want to keep that to yourself because there is, t there is such a thing as too much sharing, oversharing. And anything that you do share can be used against you at a later time. And sometimes I can be completely out of the blue, and that's not good at all. Like, I've had that experience before, and it's not a fun time. It's not. And so I've been doing... I think I've been doing better at picking and choosing who I need to tell what, when, what I need to say, what I need to just go ahead and forget about. You know, th things things of that nature. And it's a work in progress. It, you know, it's not one of those things that you can just snap your fingers and and turn off or, or change. Um, unless you are one of those people, which I applaud you, and I would love to read your book on how to do that. Please send it to me. Um, immediately, please. Um, but yeah, just try not to let other people get in your head and thing like decisions and just I feel like life in general would just be so much easier at least on yourself personally and all of this I'm not trying to say be selfish or um you know seclude yourself or shut everyone out that's not what I'm saying at all I'm just saying be careful with what you do share and who you share it with because unfortunately in today's society you never know who's going to I don't want to say stab you in the back, but, you know, if things end up going wrong, say, in a friendship or whatever, and you, you just never know these days. Some people like to use information that they know to, to hurt people, and you see it all over the news, uh, celebrities, um, people being petty, people being uh, vengeful and revengeful, vengeful, one of those. Um, and it's just not, it's, it, that's not a healthy, healthy mindset or uh, a healthy lifestyle at all. And so what I'm hoping that people can take away from this segment is just take care of yourself. Obviously, you know, if you need to share something with someone, by all means, go ahead, but just keep, keep that in the back of your mind. Like, does this person really need to know this? You know, do I really need to be saying this to anyone in general, or should I only be saying this to maybe my parents, or, you know, a, a sibling, or, you know, my significant other, a best friend, what have you? Or is this something that, you know, oh, anyone can know this, uh, it won't affect me negatively or positively, it's just free information, whatever. Whatever the case is, but just be careful, and keep your interests at heart and keep everything that can help keep you safe in mind first and then I think you'll be okay.
so moving on, I wanted to get into the quote of the day, and this does not have an author unless you count me as the author, because, and this might be paraphrased from a quote, but I kind of created this in my own head a couple years ago. Um, but this quote is, and, and this is probably very 50-50 on people that believe this or not, but this is what I personally believe. And this quote is, you regret the things that you don't do more than the things that you do. And I live by that quote because of all of the regrets that I already have in life. And I know that a lot of people say that the key to living a healthy life is to have no regrets. But I, I honestly don't know if that is 100% possible. I, I feel like most people have at least one regret, no matter how big or small, like at some point in their life. And if you're not, that's awesome. Like if you can genuinely live your life with no regrets, then I think that's that's totally cool. Um, but I have, I, I have that quote and I live by that quote because of a lot of things that I wish I had done different or, um, if I had actually done it instead, you know, maybe, maybe things would have ended up different. Um, one of those examples is, I, I think I'm pretty sure I talked about it in one of the other episodes, but I grew up playing soccer. Like, soccer is my favorite sport. I love it uh, with all my heart. And I was growing up playing in a, a local league called MYSL. And I was doing that for a couple seasons. And I had been getting, I guess you would say, advice. Um, I remember from my parents talking about, like, trying new things or whatever. And um, you know, I was like, okay, so I quit playing soccer, and I tried basketball, and I wasn't good at it at all, I did not really enjoy it now that I look back on it, and after two years, I told my parents that I wanted to go back to soccer because basketball was not my thing, but, and I'm not, I'm not, gonna say that I blame my parents for this, but they know the story. But basically they said that I was not allowed to do soccer again because they were afraid that I was going to quit again, essentially. And so for about five or six years ago, or not ago, since then, I was not playing soccer. And I tried out for my middle school and didn't make the team. And it was, it was devastating because I was not able to play the sport that I loved because I hadn't played in, in so long that I was, that I was rusty and I just, I just wasn't good. I had lost whatever that I had growing up and just looking back, I wish that I hadn't tried basketball like I don't regret, I guess it's a timing issue. I don't regret trying basketball, but I regret the time of it. I regret the timing of it. Like, 
basketball would have been fun to try maybe just in my spare time, but giving up the sport that I loved was not the right thing to do looking back on it now. And, and I always think about, well, maybe if I had kept playing and, you know, maybe I could have done some travel teams, some club teams, and who knows, maybe I could have, you know, been pretty decent at it and maybe even played like even semi-professionally or, or that in the future, like where I'm at right now. But again, hindsight is 2020. But um, that was just, I, I regret what I didn't do more than I did. That didn't make any sense. <laughs> I regret quitting and not continuing soccer more than quitting and trying basketball. And moving on a couple years to um, to my senior year of high school, I actually just came across this, this Facebook memory uh, the other day, you know that thing on Facebook where you can you can see every day like what you've posted throughout the years on that same date. This was talking about in uh, I think I mentioned before I was in show band for high school and the choir director there had known me for a good chunk of my life because my sister um, also went to the same school and she was in show choir and so we had that like just we had that connection already and so I was in show band as I've said and the director uh, Miss Kim she's an amazing person I love her to death she walked up to me and was like hey you have the option of okay so I'm gonna rewind a little bit so the story makes sense so my high school um has two choirs. There's an all-girls choir and a mixed choir. The mixed choir, boys and girls, is called Capital Swing, and the all-girls choir was called Touch of Swing, and or TOS for short. And the Miss Kim walked up to me one day and was like, hey, Tyler, I have an idea. How would you like to still play for show band, still play trumpet in TOS, but you can audition, and if you get in, you can perform as a singer and dancer for Capital Swing. And, you know, at the time, I was like, no way, that would be awesome. My sister was in show choir, and she loved it. I love any type of performing. I love to dance and sing in just, you know, in my room or in the shower, as you all do. Don't judge me. I know you do it. <laughs> um, and I was like, that's awesome. But... At the time, I started thinking about how much work that would be and having to focus on both playing an instrument and singing and dancing and choreo all at the same time. And I eventually told her that I had to decline that offer because I just thought it would be too overwhelming and I didn't want to drag the rest of the choir down because I had never done choreographed dance and song before like I had never had any experience with that so I was going to be completely new and you know I told her that I would have to decline but I would still be in show band for both bands and still perform in the band which was what I was good at and what I was comfortable with and she said you know that was that's okay um and thinking back on that now I just can't help but kick myself 
for not even trying to be in show choir as well. Because I know a lot of um, a lot of my friends in high school who were in band, they dropped they either dropped band to be in show choir or they did both. And looking back, it's like, well, I could have done that or I could have at least attempted it. And like I said, I just can't help but think how upset I am at myself that I didn't at least try. Because they, I did not meet one person in show choir that did not absolutely love it. At least the dancing and singing. I know there's a bunch of high school drama that goes with everything. But in terms of just the whole the activity itself, like everyone that I spoke to loved it with a passion. And I don't know. Again, it leads to like, where could I be now? Maybe if I had or, um, you know, what kind of friendships may I have created or memories or uh, accomplishments, future opportunities, just all those things. Um. And so this whole this whole quote with the you regret the things you don't do more than the things you do. Like if you're hesitant on doing something and OK, I should say this does not apply to something that can hurt you. <laughs> I'm like if you're thinking about swimming with sharks just because like no cage, no what just literally jumping in the ocean because you see a shark. Don't you're dumb. Don't do that. <laughs> like. You should. You would definitely regret doing that more than not doing that. This is things that you know, like I've said, sports or activities, anything. You know, starting uh, starting a podcast. Um, this whole thing is is if you are hesitant on doing something, but you really want to do it, or you you think you want to do it, but you're not quite sure, just go ahead and and try it. Because if you don't like it or it doesn't work out, and you're thinking on it back down the road, at least you can say that you tried, and you gave it a shot, and you had that experience, whatever it may be. And I unfortunately can't say that, because I didn't. But if I had, then then who knows, I might have a different uh, perspective on it. But just go for it. Like I've said before, life is short. And just go for whatever you want. Like, don't let... You know what? I'm going to wrap this up with... Or I'm going to tie this into everything I've talked about. If you're hesitant on something, but other people are trying to, to talk you out of it, but you think that you would genuinely enjoy it, don't let them get in your head. Go for it. Try it. Do whatever it is that you want to do, as long as you personally think it will genuinely either make you happy... Um, you know, distract you, make your life better, keep you more positive, whatever the case is. Don't let others get in your head and don't not do it because of other people or because you are afraid of it not working out or things like that. And because everything in life is a risk. Regardless of what it is, everything's a risk. Whatever you do in some shape, way, or form is a risk. And the only way that we overcome risks is by trying. And you should keep trying no matter what if you really want it. Because at the end of the day, you can say that you did. 
And who knows, if you try it and it works out, like you could discover a whole new passion that you had no idea and you wouldn't have known about had you not tried this. And that's another thing of hindsight with me is who knows, I might be on a completely different path right now had I not quit playing soccer for a few years or if I had tried show choir itself. And who knows, we never know how things are going to pan out or how they would have panned out and that's just why I'm trying to get across and hope that you don't make the same mistakes that I did with that quote and whatever it is that's going on in your life right now if you really want to go for it and you really want to try it what the heck go for it see where it takes you and just see what happens all right so uh let's see here moving on to three things three who i'm still going through puberty i'm 22 and still going through puberty no that is i'm still recovering from uh, yesterday. So I think I mentioned before, but I rejoined ODU's marching band a couple weeks ago. And yesterday we traveled to University of Virginia, uh, in f- for a football game. And I did a lot of shouting and screaming because for most of the game we were winning. And then we made some mistakes and it cost us and we ended up losing the game. Um, But it was a great experience. I love going to away games and experiencing other schools and and their stadiums and just other atmospheres. And it's it's a really cool thing. Um, But like I said, playing the trumpet all day and screaming and shouting, my my throat and my voice is still still recovering. I'm pretty sure at work all day today I sounded like James Earl Jones because I could barely speak. And everything was monotone, and I hope no one thought that I was you know, not wanting to be there, whatever, I was just tired. Um, anyway, as I was saying, on to the three things that I've learned recently. So, one of these is, like, an actual fact that I learned, and this completely, not, there. I haven't learned, this probably sounds horrible, I haven't learned a lot of things in school that have legitimately blown my mind like changed my way of thinking completely this was one of those few moments so a couple of semesters ago i was taking a class called vertebrate zoology which basically is the study of all animals that have a backbone and it was an online class so it was mostly sitting in front of my laptop watching lecture videos that my professor would record herself talking over PowerPoint slides and posting them online, which is the most boring thing that you could do in college. Anyway, we were going over mammals, and she brought up a very good point, and... I literally, when she said this, I paused the video, sat back, and I I was quiet for a couple minutes because I could not believe, like, how true it was. And and it just just blew my mind. So basically, uh, we were going over the basic stuff. Like, I say basic because I'm a biology student. I know this is not basic knowledge to most people. But um, basically, so... Well, hopefully the common knowledge in here is that 
there are a large variety of different species on the planet. Species of animals basically just means, you know, another type of animal. Like, dogs and cats are two different species. Simple. Well, a lot of people think that there are hundreds of different species of dogs because there's so many varieties. German Shepherd, Chihuahua, Rottweiler, Poodle, Dachshund, you know, the list goes on. But, and I'm trying to remember this as accurately as, as she was going over it, but a species is technically defined as animals that can breed with each other and produce live, viable offspring. So what that means is two animals can reproduce and have offspring that are fully functional and can live a quote-unquote normal life in the animal kingdom and repeat the, the, the life cycle, basically. And that is backed up because, um, say for instance, like a, a horse and a lion for extreme purposes, cannot reproduce live, viable offspring because they are two different species. And there are some instances where two different species can, for instance, a lion and a tiger can reproduce and create a liger, or a horse and a donkey create a mule. I really hope I'm remembering that right. Is it a horse and a mule for a donkey? I'm pretty sure it's a horse and a donkey for a mule. Anyway, I'm probably going to get hate for that. I'm like, you're stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, my other roommate's going to probably kill me if she hears this because horses are, like, everything to her. Anyway, um, but this is the part that blew my mind. So there are hundreds of dog breeds, which everyone can agree but all of these breeds are all part of the same species. And so what that means is there are hundreds of variants of one species of dog. And that is backed up because, think about it, you can breed any two breeds of dog together and whatever combination is produced by that, that offspring can mate and reproduce with any other breed of dog and have live, viable offspring, which is how we've created so many breeds throughout history. So, if you think about it, there's only one species of dog in existence. Like, the overall umbrella of dogs is hundreds of breeds that all narrows down to one species. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I told literally all of my friends and my family. I was like, this is so cool, this just blew my mind. And from just, like, from a bio biological standpoint, I was, I was amazed. Like, I couldn't believe it. I, my whole life, I had thought you know, differently, and who knows, uh, hopefully I just blew some of y'all's minds too, <laughs> but uh, let's see, number two of the three things that I've learned recently, and these are, the last two are less factual and more just things that I've learned in my own life, 
and hopefully you can apply them to you as well, to yours as well. Um, but the next thing is I've learned that it's best to talk about serious matters in person. And serious can mean a broad range of ideas depending on who you are. But I actually learned this from one of my one of my roommates. Um, uh, growing up, you know, if something was bothering me, I did want to keep it to myself. I didn't want to bother people with anything, or I didn't want to work on anything with anyone because I just wanted to keep it internalized and, uh, you know, inside to myself. But he helped me realize that, you know, sometimes it's best to just sit down and talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. But the best way to do that is in person. Because if you do it over text messages, you know, people are constantly misinterpreting emotions or wording or situations over text because all you're doing is reading words off of a page, which invites you to interpret it however you feel is right. And a lot of the times it's not, and it causes more conflict than there should have ever been in the first place. And phone calls can help, but people have gotten very good at faking emotion. And it's easy to fake, I, I would say fake cry or fake happiness over the phone. But if you can talk about serious things in person, nine times out of ten, unless this person that you're trying to communicate with is very good at hiding things and doesn't want to show anything, like, I just think it's best to talk about it in person because you can see whoever it is that you're talking to's face. You can read their body language. You can see their emotions. And a lot of times I feel like people are more willing to not necessarily tell the truth, but they're like people I, I feel like are more willing to be honest and open with things regardless of what the topic at hand is if it's in person. Um, especially if it's if it's just the two of you because, you know, again, with the, the whole text messages thing, you never know if what you're going to say they're going to show to someone or vice versa. They don't know if you're going to show anyone the messages. Phone calls, you know, you never know if people could be on another line and just not saying anything. Um, you know, I'm not saying that you can't do these things. Like, if you are and you feel that that's the best way, then by all means, please continue to do it. I'm just giving my perspective on things. And I'm also not trying to make anyone paranoid. Like, wow, I feel like I can't talk to anybody now over the phone or through text messages because of this, this, and this. Like, that's not what I'm trying to do at all. I'm just giving my own personal experiences here. Um, but with that, uh, moving on to the final thing that I've learned recently, and this is probably the heaviest one, um, especially recently, but I've learned that you really do need to cherish every single moment while you're in it because you don't know if that's the last moment that you're going to have. That sounds a lot darker than it actually is. I'm not talking about like, <laughs> you know you don't know if you're going to die. But, like, if you're with a friend or if you're with a family member or you're doing this or you're doing that, just do whatever you can to take a take a minute 
whenever you can and just look around and appreciate what's going on and just try cherish that moment because that I've had a lot of experiences where I took things for granted and I took people for granted and I, little did I know that that last time that I was spending with them was going to be the last time forever um, or at least for a very long time and that is one of the emptiest feelings that I think anyone can go through and what I've gone through and like I said I'm an open book so I don't mind sharing this story but this is why I've learned that you need to cherish every moment especially the people that you love and that you care about growing up um, I'm not gonna say names but some of you who know me know who I'm talking about um, one of my best friends and I were very close all throughout elementary school, middle school, high school. And it was the end of the school year in high school. And it was exam time. And the way my high school worked was you never knew when your last day was until the very end because the exams were so sporadic and everyone's schedule was different. There was never a set day where like, okay, the juniors are all done on this day or the seniors are all done on this day. Like there, there was none of that. You didn't know if your last day at school was going to be your friend's last day at school and, and this and that. And uh, one of my best friends and I had different last days. And so, you know, my last day was before his and we met up in the hallway on my last day and I was like, hey man, you know, good luck on the rest of your exams, you know, I'll, I'll see you this summer, like, it's gonna be great, we're gonna hang out, it's gonna be, it's gonna be an awesome summer. He was like, yeah, man, I can't wait to hang out, it's gonna be great. And I don't know what happened, but days started going by, a couple weeks went by, and we didn't hang out, we didn't call each other, we didn't text, and... I remember waking up one morning to another friend's parents downstairs, and and I heard their voices, and I was like, it's early in the morning, what's going on? And my father came upstairs in my room and, and shut the door, and he was, I could tell something was up, because he was very quiet and, and, and serious, and, and I was like, Dad, what, what what's wrong? And you know, he sat me down and he, you know, he was telling me that what I was about to hear was not going to be pleasant. Um, without going into detail, my best friend the night before had killed himself. And to this day, all I can think about is, you know, what could I have done different? I, you know, how how could I have changed what happened after exam week? You know, I should have texted him. We should have hung out. I should have done this. I should have done that. And it, it hit hard in that, you know, you unfortunately never know when the last time you're going to see somebody is. And fortunately for most... 
that might just be, oh, you know, I'm not, I didn't know that that was going to be the last time I saw my friend for a year, but we caught up. Like, I left school that day just thinking like, oh, you know, I'll see him in a couple days or a couple weeks or whatever. No big deal. And I'm never going to see him again. And that is one of the the hardest things to still accept to this day. And that's why I'm urging everyone to just appreciate and cherish every single moment that you're in and every single person that you're with. Because you you truly never know what, what's going to happen in the next hour, the next day, the next week, what have it. So, just try to... I'm, I just I hope that you all can can keep that in your mind because I'm I, I'm keeping that in in my mind too. There's there's been other instances throughout the last couple years, months, even weeks where uh, I didn't fully cherish the moment that I was in, and and now things are different, and it's hard. It's very hard, and as I keep saying, hindsight is is awful because all I can think about is what I should have done different or how I could have prepared differently, and it's it's hard. But if you can just, any time that you're with someone or any time you're doing something that you enjoy or whatever, just try to take a minute and just, and just sit back and, and truly realize where you are and who you're with and appreciate that. All right, so not to, <laughs> I'm not going to end the podcast on a, on a sour note there. Uh, that's not really a sour note, but that's kind of a, a, a darker time. But it's time for the two truths and a lie for this episode before I wrap it up. Um, get your thinking caps on. So, option number one, I had surgery when I was four years old. Number two, growing up I had two pet birds that were both named after fruits. And number three... I used to really want to join the military, like be in the military. So those are the two truths and a lie for this episode. Try to see if you can guess which one you think is the lie. And if you get it right, then you get the same prize as you did this episode, which is a nice pat on the back and a good job for either a very well-educated guess or just a random pick of the draw. But that is about it for today. Um, I'm not sure yet if I'm still going to adopt a set schedule on certain days. It's kind of working out where maybe like Thursdays and Sundays, um, every other, not every other week, but um, probably, probably anywhere from four to six days in between. I might have to end up stretching it out a little bit uh, between then. But thank you all for listening and putting up with me for an hour. Wow, I did not realize I was talking for that long. But uh, I appreciate all the support. And uh, if you would like to follow me on podbean.com, that would be much appreciated. Leave a comment, tell your friends, tell your family. And... I believe that is it. So again, thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you next time.